0: In this episode, I want to break down how to use a video, the easy way to build a brand on social media and also for day-to-day communication. And I've seen influencers say things like, you're only as good as the last seven videos that you made and some crazy thing like that, that completely demoralizes and deflates people. And while we have all these people saying that you need to go do something, no one tells you how. And in this video, I want to actually break down how to use video, the easy way to build a brand on social media. In fact, it's not just having a how-to, but how to do it with with no training, how to do it with no fancy equipment, how to do it with no professional editing, and how to do it when you have no scripts. If you are like me, (laughs) with no training, no fancy equipment, no professional editing, no scripts, and you can build an awesome brand with raw video on social media today, it will change your life forever. And that's what I'm gonna break down for you in this episode, and it all starts right now. One thing is for certain, just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, Where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how to, how to grow your business, how to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa and welcome to Business School. Today, I want to talk about how you build a brand with a video on social media from somebody like me who uh, has no training, has no equipment, has no editing, and has no scripts, right? So we want to s- somehow build a brand on social media today with no training, no equipment, no editing, and no scripts. And the, the question is, how do you do that? Well, before I say anything, I will say this. Yes, if you can get some uh, support from from a from a professional videographer or or editor, maybe they show up at your house or your office once a month for three hours, and they just film a bunch of content. Uh, And you may say, "Well, how do you do that?" We'll talk about that in a second. And then they can chop it up and make you look good. That is probably the best way. I will tell you this: even if you're not that eloquent, even if you're not that crystal clear in how you speak or how you share your ideas. (laughs) <laughs> the magic of editing is insane. So don't, don't discount that quick aside before we go down. If today I'm not going to talk about, uh, any of that stuff, like, uh, and, and so there's a produced versus raw section in my notes today. And I'll talk about, Hey, how do you actually set up a studio or have somebody come to your, uh, home or your office and video you, and, uh, how can you get the best result from that as well in, in, in all of this? So uh, we're going to talk about how to build a brand on video, on social media, without any training like me, without any equipment, because I use everything in my phone, without any editing and without using scripts. All right. So let's walk through. The first thing is there is, this all starts with the fear of doing video. And when I talk about the fear, I, I am not talking about that you are afraid. I'm just saying that you are afraid of the unfamiliar. All right. That's all it is. You are just afraid of the unfamiliar. It's not that you are afraid of doing video. It's not that you're afraid of driving the car. It's not that you're afraid of playing pool. It's not that you're afraid of taking in three tequila shots. It's just you are unfamiliar. Right. That's all it is. Um, have you ever noticed something? And I'll, I'll give you an example. Sometimes the other day, my wife got a new car and I hadn't driven her car you know, ever since she'd gotten it. And, um, we were taking her car to go to dinner. So what I did was I, um, offered to drive. So I jumped in her car and I didn't know where anything was. I didn't even know how to open the garage door. I didn't know what the, where the release level lever was for the, to put the car from park to reverse. I didn't know where the, the Bluetooth was. I didn't know, you know, where the, you know, the e-brake was. I just didn't know where to put the keys. I didn't know how to charge my phone. I didn't know anything. That doesn't mean I don't know how to drive. I know how to drive just fine. I was just unfamiliar with her car, right? And I think a lot for a lot of us, video is very similar. It's not that we don't know how to do video. There is tons of video footage of us in some place in some time. There's always stuff out there. However, we're just unfamiliar. And how do you become more familiar? Well, I, I'm sorry. You you, you got to you got to be on camera more to be more familiar. And here's what I suggest. A lot of it is I try to be on video in very simple, casual things without having to post them. So uh, a great way to be on video on social media these days is just to be in stories. And you don't have to say anything or do anything. You just take the video and just start using your camera. Now, here's the interesting part. People think that unfamiliar means being unfamiliar on video. No, being unfamiliar is just means being unfamiliar with the equipment. That's all I'm saying. You're just unfamiliar with the equipment. The more familiar you are with the equipment, with the camera, with pressing the button, with recording the video, with holding it well, I will tell you right now, most people that take good selfies and don't take good selfies, there's only one difference in them. It's not the length of their arms or anything like that. It is literally only one thing. They have a completely different control over how they hold the phone. That's all it is. They just have completely different control. And some of them have these pop sockets or whatever you call them, that's easy to hold the phone. As soon as you do that, you are more familiar because the phone feels secure and you're able to take selfies just fine. What is the difference? It's not that you suddenly got a PhD in taking selfies. You are just more familiar. Why? You're just more comfortable with the equipment, right? And so the equipment, the app, pushing buttons and feeling comfortable how you hold it, all that stuff is very, very important because that reduces the level of stress uh, in this entire process, I want to give you a 10-second story here. Uh, w- during uh, after I finished uh, my MBA uh, and went to business school, I was part of a thirty-person kind of MBA recruited class into Goldman Sachs. I had thirty-nine one-on-one interviews to get the job at Goldman. I was in a uh, training program with um, for over six months in New York City with thirty MBAs, top MBAs from around the country. And the first day we walked in to our training program. I were not allowed to call, call any clients, right? The first day we walked in, I remember this vividly. I was handed a no limit Amex gift card, um, no limit Amex, not gift card, no limit Amex corporate card, uh, a Blackberry, those are the times that I had Blackberries. And I was also handed uh, a headset. And I wondered what the headset was because I knew for the next six months, I wasn't gonna be talking to anybody or making client calls or anything like that. And the managing partner at that time told me, uh, the headset's for you to put on your head every day you walk in here. And I said, "Why?" He's like, "Put the headset on your head and don't plug it into anything because I want you to get used to the headset being an extension of your body. Because once you do, it'll be one less thing that weighs your head down when you make calls when you get back to your desk. And that was fascinating to me. Even today, uh, sometimes you'll see a little line on top of my hair where I, I put my headset on when I come to the office. Is I'm just so used to that as a security blanket as a um, you know, it's so comfortable an extension of me that I can I speak more eloquently and clearly and less uh with le- more stress-free when I have my headset on than I do when I don't. Because why? Because I was able to get familiar with the equipment. All right. So number one, the fear of doing videos is just you're unfamiliar and mostly just unfamiliar with the equipment. Here's number two. Um, people always ask, but wait, do I need great equipment? Do I need editing? Do I need scripts? Well, sure, but like I will tell you right now. Unless you are shooting with a, you know, a DSLR camera, or, or a really high fidelity GoPro, your phone in today's world is probably better than anything else. Now, what you may need is a, is a little tripod um, that you can slip, you can slap your phone into. I have one of those Gorillapods that has their uh, what you would call their their tripod that you can clip onto a tree or a fence or whatever, and it's super helpful and I just put the tripod in my backpack. And whenever I need to set the phone down, I set it on my desk and you can, you can FaceTime with it, et cetera. We use the tripod all the time for my kids so they can talk to FaceTime with their grandparents. I mean, it works great. So you don't need new equipment. You just need a place to put the equipment so you can hit go on your phone It's really, really simple. And here's the interesting part. If you shoot uh, very rough video, you don't need to edit it. You may need to trim the beginning and the end, which most software can do, but you don't need to edit it because most of the current software, like the stories and the Instagram and the reels and all that, already come with filters. You can literally put filters and things on it and play around with it. And that takes away from the bad shooting if you ever need to, because then again you're becoming more familiar with the tools. That's number two. Here's number three. Where do you experiment so that you can build a brand with video and stories and where do you experiment? Well, here is where you experiment. You experiment on social media. You experiment on stories. Why? You experiment on stories because for multiple reasons. The reason number one, you experiment on stories because it's raw. You get to do it. I actually suggest doing it right in stories because when you do the video right in stories, you don't have to upload it, download it. just do it right in stories. Number two, there's a lot of like edits you can use inside the stories, which is filters, stickers, things like that. And the third, a lot of stories right now, especially on Instagram, have uh, a conversion mechanism, like a swipe up or a swipe down, or a question answer or a poll. So you're actually creating engagement too, which is really good. And the most important part is, the stories are already known to be raw and real. So it's a back kind of back office look at everything that's going on. And they're only, um, you know, each story is 15 seconds long. So it's not like you're gonna make a, you know, a, a marathon movie out of it. And you get to experiment. And I will tell you that every if you wanted to get good at uh, doing video, if you did a story, one story, one 15-second story every single day for the next 30 days, and you just woke up and you did it, 15-second story every single day for the next 30 days, some selfies, some not selfies, some looking around, doesn't matter what it is. If you did one story every single day for the next 30 days and just for 15 seconds, you will become a pro. You will be better than 90% of the people that actually do stories because you would have actually mastered the skill of doing stories, which is amazing, which would be amazing, right? So that's number three, where to experiment with stories. All right. Number four uh, on how to build a brand with video is I want to give you the structure. There is a structure that you can use and people talk about it uh, a lot. And I will give you a variation on the structure. So there's three parts of the structure. It is the hook, the story or the teaching, and the invitation, right? The hook, the story or the teaching, and the invitation. Here's what I mean. So the the hook would be something that would get somebody to stop while while they're actually kind of scrolling through stuff, right? The hook would be something like, um, uh, hey, did you know that there's three ways to grow your business without spending any money? Now, wait, that's a good hook. I'm like, wait, did I know? I did not know that. I couldn't, I couldn't name three ways to grow your business without spending any money. What are they? Right, and say, so that's when you say, hey, did you know that there are three ways to grow your business without spending any money? Let me tell you what they are right now. Oh, cool, he's going to tell me what they are right now. Great, number one, number two, number three, give him the answers. That's the, so the hook is, hey, did you know you're asking the question, right? And then this, the story is you're teaching and you're actually telling them the ways. And it's super helpful because now you tell them exactly what the ways are, which is perfect. And then now that you said, hey, did you know that there are three ways to grow your business without spending any money? Here's way number one, way number two, way number three. Great. And now you can say, hey, there's actually a fourth way. And if you want to know what the fourth way is, I actually drew a diagram of it for you. Just message me the word four below and I'll send it to you. So now you're making an invitation, a very frictionless invitation, right? You're not saying call me because no one's going to stop it. Social media story and call you. You're not going to say text me because now they have to get out of that app to text you. You want to do whatever it takes within the confines of that video to help them without any friction to interact with that video. And that's where the good stuff starts to happen. All right. That's where the good stuff starts to happen. So the hook, the story or the teaching, and the invitation. And you want the invitation to be as frictionless as possible. So the structure is important. And if you think about it, this is no different than when you would write an email. The hook would be the subject line because if they don't open your email based on the subject line, they're not opening it, nothing. Doesn't matter what's inside it. The story or the teaching is you're telling them something that hey, it's, let me tell you the three cool things that happened to me this weekend. Number one, number two, number three, and you can say hey, click here to look at the pictures. That's the invitation, right? Now you know how to actually make this work because you're taking your email, which is the subject line, the body, and the and the and the and, the, and, you know, and kind of the call to action, and you're making it the hook, the story, and the invitation. The structure. All right, cool. So that's number four. Let's talk about number five: repurposing video. I'm a big fan of repurposing video. I I love repurposing video. My most favorite video to repurpose are interviews. And the interesting part is, you can do a lot of interviews, or you can have someone interview you, or you can just take Q and A. Literally, you would go live and uh, on a Zoom or on in your Facebook group or on in social media or wherever, and uh, from your computer, and then you just say, "Hey, today's I got three questions today from." Say you're in the insurance business. Uh, I've got three questions today about life insurance policies, and I'm going to break them down for you. Uh, question number one. Uh, question number one comes from Sharon in Atlanta. Sharon asks, uh, "What is the difference between term and whole life?" Well, Sharon, this is a very important question. Uh, most people just Google and try to get the answer, but let me actually give you the difference. Number one, number two, number three. Great. And you can see, second question comes from Jim in uh, you know in Alaska. Jim asks, "Hey, uh, should I get an insurance policy for my children?" And then you answer the question. And the third question, you can say, hey, uh, is there a type of insurance policy that I should never get? I'm glad you asked. And you give them the answer. Now, when you have that video, yes, it seems like a longer video, but now your team knows exactly what to cut up because you did it in Q&A format. So they know which Q&A, which question and which answer are blocks. And they know exactly how to cut it up. The problem is this. And let me tell you the problem for most people. The problem is, If you think that you're going to show up on an Instagram live or Facebook live and just speak and just spew ad lib, just kind of pontificate, and then you expect your team to go in and like chop up chunks of it with the idea of repurposing it, it becomes really, really difficult, right? So don't, I would not do that. What I would do is I would take, uh, I would only give videos to my teams to chop up the the ones that I've done in structured Q and a form that works really well. The other way to give people your videos that you've done is like, if you are on an interview, if you're on a podcast show, if someone in you know in your local town interviewed you, heck, if somebody, if you just did an interview show every week and someone asks you a question, that's great too, because now there's a question and answer format, which can easily be put into smaller, chunkier blocks. And that makes doing video a lot easier. It is a lot easier to answer a question than it is to completely like ad lib stuff. All right. So I wouldn't do that. Um, cool. So, so that's number five, repurposing video. Let's talk about produced video versus raw video. Super interesting, super simple. Produced video versus raw video. Um, first, there are certain platforms that do better with produced video. And there are certain platforms that do better with raw video. Now, uh, let me explain what I mean by that. For example, uh, YouTube is the TV-based platform of the internet right now. Produced video, which is edited, you know, kind of done well, good transitions, et cetera, just does better on YouTube because people are using it as a how-to platform, as an entertainment platform, as a learning platform. And so a higher quality video with higher quality audio does really well on a YouTube-like platform. So if you are creating content for a produced platform like YouTube, you should get produced video. If you use, you know, kind of the unproduced video and and raw video, it just doesn't go, you can do it, but it doesn't go off as well. Now there are platforms like you know Instagram Reels or Instagram Stories or TikTok where they actually favor you making the videos right in the app. So they actually want you to take the video and actually make the they want you to make the video and shoot it in the app, which is why they've provided these amazing um, uh, editing tools right in the app for you, so you can press and hold and edit and add stickers, etc. So the the on the platforms where there's a lot of editing features and editing tools available to you, I would use those and make it raw on the platforms that, you know, like YouTube doesn't provide you yet. I think there's some, you know, tools in YouTube studio to do that, but most of it is to actually just do some very basic stuff. They want produced video. So based on the platform that you're going to share videos on, know whether it needs to be produced or not. There's no reason to go to a ultra raw platform and produce, yeah, put produced video on. There's probably not a smart idea to go to a produced platform like YouTube. And share unproduced video, right? So that's produced for some, produced. All right. So let's talk about uh, number seven, which I wrote down, which is the algorithm value. Uh, what is algorithmic value? Well, here's the value. That why does video have higher value on any platform? Multiple reasons. Reason number one, for the people forget this reason. For the creator to create this video, they have to one think about the platform. They have to maybe be on the platform. They have to post while they're on the platform. Once they're posted on the platform, they keep coming back and checking if they got views, likes, and comments, and they actually engage with the platform. When creators create, they engage a lot with their content. No different than when you post, you look for other people that, you know, in, in, in a vanity-based way, interact with your post. And based on that post, you interact with them, you reply to comments or whatever, right? There's a reason for that. And, and that's good because... The more you do that, the more views you get, the more people will interact with your posts, et cetera. So the creator's benefit is actually pretty high. And the more the creators kind of interact with the platform, the more the consumers come to the platform as well. And then, and the opposite is true too. The more the creators care about what they produce on the platform, the better the product they produce and therefore more the viewers come to the platform. And that's why video has high algorithmic value. Additionally, Video also, when people see a video, they probably stay longer than they can see a piece of text or a photo because you probably just wait to have the video move for a few seconds to see what it's all about. But on a picture, you can just catch it on a scroll. And so you don't need to spend more time on it. So if, for example, you spent, I don't know, a half a second reading a post and you spent, you know, one second looking at a picture and absorbing it, you're probably spending three to five seconds on a video at at least to see what it's about. That's five times more engagement on the platform, whether or not you like it, that's you're spending more time on the platform. So if they, if there was 10 videos, you have just spent 50 more seconds on the platform than you would have ever had. So if there are a lot more videos, you'd spend more. That's why a platform like TikTok does well, because it's only videos. You wonder why you spend more time on TikTok than on any other platform. Why? Because are in stories. Why? Because there's more video, So you just stay on the platform longer. Same with YouTube. No one goes on YouTube and spends three minutes on YouTube. They don't, no one just checks their YouTube feed. They sit there for a much longer time. Why? Because of the video, video is longer. So it gives you more algorithmic juice on being on the platform. All right. Um, I want to give you number eight. And, and And we talk about this a lot, which is when you build a brand using video, one of the important things is to realize that there's no traditional CTA there's no traditional like call to action. What we are doing is we're looking at a, uh, I call it a CTE as a call to engagement or an invitation. You don't want to say on the video, just call me, right? Like you don't want somebody to have to forcefully stop what they're doing by watching your video and then go do something else. You don't want to do that because that prohibits them from doing something cool with you. You want them to do whatever it is in the natural flow of things. So if you're on Facebook, you can say, Hey, you'll uh, message me the word this or press the blue message button or leave a comment on this or you know just making it really simple where they don't feel like they have to take a lot of, there's a lot of friction in this so it's not a call to action anymore it's just a call to engagement you want to use the existing tools of the platform to create some version of engagement on the platform right and then the more engagement you create the more people come back to look at your videos and that's the cool part that's the cool part right that's how this all works So don't think about CTA saying I every video that needs to have a CTA. Just think about CTE. How do I create some engagement associated with this video? So let me give you a few thoughts around that. Uh, One of the easiest things to do is if you share a piece of good content, what you should always say is, hey, um, I'm not looking for vanity comments like lights or hearts. I just want want to get this message in front of a lot of good people. And hopefully this is helpful to them. If you found this message helpful, I think your audience and your network would find it helpful too. Just, Just go ahead and hit the share button. I don't need you to do anything else and just share with this, with your audience. Maybe they'll find value from it. So now what you're doing is instead of even asking them to do something, you're just making it ultra easy and saying, share this. So if you rotate your call to engagements, you can say, hey, message, you know, comment the word if you want this or message me the word blank or share, share this with your friends or click like, if you like this, whatever, right. Is good because now you have a way to get people to, Share the video, like the video, create engagement around it. And you don't have to always just say, oh, click the link, click the link, click the link. Everyone's got this in this click the link, click the link, click the link. You don't have to do that all the time because just getting engagement is good because then the next time you post something, there's diversity in what you're getting people to do. Right. So call to engagement, not just call to action, call to engagement. CTE is better than CTA. Um But I'll tell you last but not least, my number nine on my ninth most favorite thing on way to build a brand using video is this videos, especially on today's social media platform, is way faster, way faster than anything else, way faster, right? Because if I could pick up my phone and shoot a video and then click send, uh, put a sticker on it and click publish, that is significantly better than if I Go to Canva, create a post, take the post, download it to my phone, go to my phone um, pictures, upload it to Instagram, put it on Instagram, make sure it looks good. Then write a caption, write the hashtag. Like, can you imagine how hard that is? And all for what? For one fifth of the engagement because they just saw your picture and moved on. So not only do you get the value for people staying on your stuff longer, you also get the value for making it so much faster to create. If, we, if I could have my wish, I would only make video and never make any other type of post because making video is super, super powerful, right? It's just much faster. And the hardest part is just you know, getting in the rhythm and, 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 and having the cadence of doing it. So um, the entire topic today was how to build a brand with video on social media. And for people like me who, who, who don't have any video training, who have no equipment, who don't do any editing and do it without scripts, this is the way to do it. So number one. The reason is, is the fear of doing video is only because you're unfamiliar. Number two, you don't need equipment. Maybe you just need a tripod to hold your camera. Just keep it stable. That's all you really need. Mic would be nice. Number three, where do you experiment with the stuff? Stories. Stories are the greatest place to experiment, especially because it only lasts one day. Number four, I give you the structure, which is the hook, the teaching, and the invitation. So you're like, hey, Would you like to know the four ways to grow your business? Number one, number two, number three, number four. And then you say, if you like that, message me the word this. And that's the invitation, right? Number five, repurposing video is really good. When you repurpose video, please know this. Uh, You have to make it easy for your team to repurpose video, especially if they're chopping it up. So don't go into a tirade and then have them try to like clean up and edit it. Go into chunks of doing Q&A so that they can chop up the Q&A. That's the way you think about it. Um, Number six is uh, produced versus raw. You want to make sure that if you're doing produced video, put it on a produced video platform. If you make raw video, put it on a raw video platform. Mix and matching that rarely works. It's easier if you keep them separate. And to number seven, there's a lot of algorithmic value. People just spend more time on video. Video is more engaging. Video is more real. Video is more live. Everything's video now because it makes it's better than taking a photo of a of a of a dish or a living room or a car. People want to see a pan shot. And once they see that, it brings it to life significantly more, more for them, right? What do they say? A picture is worth a thousand words, but a video is worth a thousand pictures, right? It's pretty cool. Um, remember, there's no call to action. There's only call to engagement. That's number eight. You don't want to have somebody say, call me. Like that is the worst thing. Or call me, email me, text me. Bad, bad, bad. Because you're getting people off the platform. You're giving them friction to actually contact you, stay with the engagement. Give me a like. Give me a heart. Give me a message. Give me a DM. Whatever the platform allows for faster communication, allow that because that is the engagement component of the platform, right? And last but not least, please know it's really fast. Uh, once you get into it, you'd much rather send a video than sit down and build a post. And I think the reason we sit down to build a post is because we're just more familiar. That's all it is. We're just more familiar. So get more familiar with video because you get a chance to, you get a chance to use it to grow. You get more likes, get more views, get more engagement and just get more overall health and brand building on your platform. I will tell you this. You post a video every day um, and uh, in 30 days and you see your friends and you know what your friends will say, man, I see you everywhere. But if you just post, it's not the exact same, right? So remember that when you make a video, you know, and you do it consistently, it'll make it feel like they see you everywhere. And that's a, that's a feeling that you just like, you can't buy that feeling and that's pretty powerful. Right. So, uh, those are nine ways, nine ways to build a brand with video on social media Be, and for someone like me with no training, no skills, no equipment, no editing, and most of all without using any scripts. Right. So, uh, if that was helpful, find me on Instagram, uh, shoot me a little video and say, Hey, Sharon, saw this, listen to this podcast about this video. That was interesting. Uh, my favorite thing was blank. And I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to tell me uh, what you think. And so that uh, if there are some cool ideas or questions you have, maybe I can find a way to help you with it. All right. So uh, that was how to build a brand with video on social media. And I will catch you on the next one. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow dot com.